Blog Talk Radio. If you know what I'm 
just like that. Take those shoes off. Put some clothes. Mr. Fishback's Monster, 
And that, if you just go on the website and just look it up, Steve Sabatka, or if you guys go to Facebook on our group page, Black Bed Sheet Books, you can find out posts all about that. That is a fantastic um, young adult uh, book um, that's, uh, that's uh, actually inspired by Ray Harryhausen. And uh, we've got Patrick James Ryan's The Maggots Underneath the Porch coming out. And Nick Carey, he is coming out with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, a great, like, you know, I'm going to surprise you uh, with this guy. Just pay attention to our group page and our uh, official Facebook page and our Twitter page, just Black Bedsheet. Don't want to reveal too much. Just keep paying attention to A.R. Neal. As a matter of fact, Life in the Floating City, I've posted that already, so no secrets there yet. Uh, but that is uh, actually based on the album um, of, uh, uh, of, of uh, what's the name, Francie? Francie. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, who, did, uh, who did the song, uh, uh, the 80s song um, about... Oh. She blinded me with Thomas Toby. Yes. I was hoping somebody would say that before I would. Because I ended up saying it before anybody else. Just wanted people to, like, you know, people that read our group page and stuff to catch on. Thomas Dolby. Also, K-Stamps, Salvation's Mercy. And it's a Christian novel with swear words about a youth pastor that goes on a killing spree. And it's actually written by a born-again Christian that uses swear words about a youth pastor that goes on a killing spree. So, you guys, also Tony, Tony Belamonte's The Feral Flu, which is a very good, like, really, um, really strange zombie book, and it goes off course of the normal, which is what I look for in publishing books. Anyway, you folks, anyway... I'm really excited because Carlos Colon is tonight's guest, and he is also somebody that uh, is published by Black Bedsheet Books, and this is his first novel. And you guys, Sangre is just really, it's, it's out of this world. If you love zombies, if you love horror, if you love romance, if you love action, then you've got to get into this kind of book. It's very unique. It's not your run-of-the-bill kind of zombie book. And we'll go into that a little bit further. But, Francie, here here you go. I'll hand you back the phone, Francie. Okay, thank you all. All right, uh, 732, which area code is that? Well, I'm on. It could be our 732? That's me. Am I on the air? Is this Carlos? This is Carlos. Hey, Carlos, how you doing? Wait, let me, I am let me doing do it. wonderful. Yeah, I was going to say, let me do it the way you guys do it in Jersey and uh, Yorkie. How you doing? Do what? How you doing? You're okay. doing good. When how you, you say doing, I'm doing so many things. That's why you made me a little nervous over there. But how are you? We're doing good. good. Yeah, I was going to uh, bring you on and say, hey, Carlos, how you smelling? Because your last name's Cologne. Okay, well, I'm always smelling wonderful. Okay. Ah, I'm very happy to be ah, on with you. Ah, ah, <laughs> Bad joke, I sorry. I knew that, Terrible. Yeah, Terrible. Yeah, okay. Fire we, on we, the spot. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's really cool to have you on. When Nick uh, told me about you and your book and everything, and we were listening to your album and everything, and I was like, Nick, Nick, Carlos has got to be on the show, point blank. Get him on the show. And then here well, you are. Yeah, he called, too, and he talked to us. Yeah, well, you even called. It wasn't here. last week, but Nick got a little sick. Oh, poor Nicky. Is, is Nick feeling better now? He's doing yeah, a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, he had a really Where's bad Nick? taste of gout last week, and gout's never fun, so that's no, what boy. happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gout. Wasn't just gout. I was just sick too. On top of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I gotta t- I gotta ask you this because when I read your bio, you were a punk rock singer. I was a punk rock singer. It was sort of like a punk glam group. So I had the heavy makeup on, the hair standing up. We played in a lot of the New York dives, like, and we played CBGBs also. So we were part of that punk rock scene. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, but, uh, you know, as I got older and I wanted to start doing music again, I was, uh, being that I had two grown children, I would think I was a little too old to do the punk rock. I think, yeah. Yeah, I can just say yeah, I, now, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, where are you going? I'm, uh, going to be playing a you know, punk rock I, show, I, I kid. Did, I did think about it for a moment. I wanted to call the band Punk Daddy, but I... Think they overruled me. Oh, that would have been a good name, though. I, I, still, I would have stuck with it. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you still have the voice for the punk rock singing? Uh, that's the that's the difference. I mean, uh, your voice changes as you get older. I mean, I am uh, getting close to sixty now, so I'm not going to be able to reach some of those high notes, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, if so, you've got to at least sing a couple of words in punk rock. Ooh, he actually sung yeah, those high notes? Wow. Oh, I should. You think I you can do it, it, Carlos? But at this age, yeah. you know, actually, I shouldn't be talking about my age, should I? I should let everybody think that I'm uh, still young and pretty the way I used to be, right? You know, this, this, disregard, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, disregard the Viagra, the Flomax, and the medicine cabinet, you know, but... Uh, but uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's definitely awesome. And I read that today. I was like, Nick, he used to be in a punk band. Oh, my gosh. And I'm watching you, like, on the YouTube, your videos, which you have a lot of great videos on there. In fact, if you want to give everybody you. your YouTube channel. Yeah, if you want to give yeah, everybody uh, your YouTube channel, let them check out your music. It's yes, great as soon stuff. Yes, i find out what it is. <laughs> You're like, ah, I just upload. I, I never look at that. I gotta look it up. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right, so we'll we'll uh give you a second to look it up because if you're like me and I'm talking and working on the computer, it's like what? What? I'm not saying I'm not taking challenge, but uh you, you know I don't use it that much. Uh uh, because if we haven't filmed the new video in over a year, you probably saw the uh, single that we did last year uh, called Once Again in the Blue. Was that last year or was it this year? I, I forget now. But uh, that was our most recent video. And the uh, video... Yeah, where you uh, showed, like, you guys... You guys I'm have, sorry, like, stills and you're showing, like, 50s? Yeah, and we also uh, have uh, uh, 
videos of us uh, recording our uh, uh, our songs in the studio and performing live as well. Uh, I, I yeah, we've seen it, the one uh, with you at the fair, man. You had everybody on their feet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. That was you know we're we're called the Jersey Shore Rasta Boss, and uh, we play a lot of the all throughout the Jersey Shore, and that was one of the amusement parks in the Jersey Shore, one that was terribly affected by Sandy, and uh, uh, they oh, had wow. some rebuilding over there. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so that, that's some nice memories of uh, of sections that uh, aren't there anymore. Oh, right. wow. I did not even think of that. Yeah, wow. yes. It, Sandy gave us a beating. Yeah. Yes. Most definitely. Wow, yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about that part, about that being over there. Wow. So you guys really rocked it out, and you guys did it in honor, that's for sure. Yeah, we did a benefit concert, ah. as a matter of fact, uh, for people who were displaced out of their homes in Sandy back in uh, 2012, only a few weeks after uh, af- after the uh, a- after the hurricane. And, uh, and uh, you know, we raised, we raised some money for them, and there was a really a very – Emotional moment. So you know, we we've we've this is our tenth year. This is our tenth year anniversary now with the Jersey Show Rastabas, and we have a lot of moments that we're very proud of. Yeah, I I was gonna say, I was gonna say that must be really freaking awesome to be in the position that you're in right now, that you get to raise money for such a great cause. Like if I was to say, hey, I want to raise money, and they're like, well, who are you? (laughs) <laughs> Why would I give you money? But no, that's really cool that you got to do that. That's that that you're in the position that you're able to do stuff like that. So yeah, that's uh, definitely got to be so proud. Over the years, we built up a nice reputation, a nice closeness to the community here. So we do mm-hmm. have uh, many uh, great moments. We had a wonderful concert last night. Uh, there was a big threat of rain, uh, and uh, they uh, moved it into. Uh, one of the local school auditoriums, and we filled the place up and put on a fantastic show for them. And uh, they were dancing in the aisles, dancing in front of the stage. So it was really a lot of fun. And you know, it, it, these are these are the things that uh, you, you know you treasure because I mean, you know, let's face it, you know, uh, you know, once once you get to past a certain age, you don't think you're going to have moments like that anymore. And the fact that we're still having them is is wonderful. Yeah, that That's that is, that is awesome. And and you are a great singer, by the way, and uh, very charismatic on stage. I mean, you you boogie as you sing. You don't just stand in front of a microphone. You're dancing up there, too. We started the band as a tribute. We started the band as a tribute to Elvis movies. That's why we were called the Roustabouts. So, you know, all the Elvis movies where they have the big parties and the the fair, like you saw in, in, in that video... Uh, you know, you know, uh, sure, a lot of them were cheesy, but there was a, a, a fun and an innocence to them. And we started off the band like that, and we kept that spirit going, even though uh, we no longer really focus on the Elvis movie material like when we first started off the band. We started doing our own material. We started covering uh, music from that era. And uh, we, we have people uh, coming to our shows. Uh, every year we have people flying in to see our shows uh, from out of state. Um, so we we built up a nice following over the years, and we're very proud of it. Very proud of our recordings. That album that you have there, uh, Rock and Roll Reboot, is all original material written by us. And you'll notice that it's all oh, wow. retro rock and roll. Yeah, that's 
Now, yep. do you do most of the writing, or is it like the whole band collaborates? Uh, yes, I do most of the writing. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's not that I don't let them, uh, the other band do any writing. It's that I encourage them to write material, but uh, I'm uh, the one that is the most driven in terms of uh, doing uh, new material. But our guitarist, Frank Agliata, came up with a beautiful song called the Jersey Shore Love Song, which was the song that we played at that tribute, uh, at, at that uh, benefit uh, to raise money for Sandy. Uh, you know, and uh, our old keyboard player who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, he wrote a couple of songs in the album, and the other guys all contributed. They all have great ideas, and, and, and I'm really uh, very happy to have such a wonderful group uh, uh, to, to play with. That's very amazing cool. that you uh, were talking about Jersey Shore Love Song because it's the video that was on YouTube right before I called the switchboard, and I was like, nope, putting it on pause got to hear this song, not losing, and I actually got it. It's, it's right here, right now. Yeah, so I, I, did you hear it? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I got it paused on YouTube right now. I was like, hello, not going to lose this song. I'm going to listen to this song because <laughs> From what I've heard so far, amazing, an amazing song. It is one of the more popular uh, songs uh, on our album because because uh, it was all a coincidence. Let me tell you the story behind that song. Uh, we were rehearsing it and planning on recording it uh, for the album. You know, we were in the middle of recording the album and uh, we were going to record it on. October 30th, and what happened on October 29th? October 29th was the uh, Sandy Storm, uh, which wow. of course we couldn't record then. So the first time we performed it live was at the concert uh, to raise uh, money for those who were displaced from their homes. Wow! So that wow! So that really had to be almost like a tear-jerking moment. Yes, and uh, during the concert, our, our concerts, uh, our indoor concerts have uh, multimedia with uh, movie screens uh, showing uh, certain things. And uh, during that one, it was showing uh, the Jersey Shore uh, attractions and things that were lost. It was a very emotional moment. Wow. See, us over here on the West Coast and while well, I was in South Carolina, I mean, we, we went through Hurricane Hugo, but... There was really no damage, and, you know, you're sitting here and you're watching this on television, and, you do, you know, what you're saying, what Sandy did, you know, it kind of, like, brings it more to home because all of these great things that, because I'm looking at it right now, I mean, all of these great things are gone, and you don't, you know, me, who's never been on the Jersey Shore, I've never seen anything like this. And now you know you're making up you're you're bringing up a good point that it's it's gone, <laughs> and you know it is kind of heart wrenching. It it did it did strengthen the bond between our audience and our band, and you know and and, and I, I I must say this about our band members who I'm so proud to have behind uh, me. I want I want to mention all their names: uh, uh, Frank Agliata, Joe DiNardo, Frankie A. I'm sorry, excuse me, Frankie J. 
uh, Cowboy Bob Reese and Nicky Bada Bing. Yeah, I remember that. He likes to call himself Nicky Bada Bing. But uh, <laughs> one thing I must say is that we are all uh, we we all have a strong bond as a band, and I think it comes off the stage and reaches out to the audience, and they respond to that as well. Yeah, you you can tell that you, when you guys are on stage that you guys are very playful. So yeah, that that's definitely a good sign that you guys do get along very well. We do. You know, depends on how many drinks we have. <laughs> I understand that one. Now, um, I'm going to take a small break, and we're going to play another one of your songs. How does that sound? Take your pick and enjoy. All right. Let me – my computer froze all of a sudden. Uh, oh, um, wow. It's the luck of Francie. By the way, that's yeah, one of you songs. And by the way, the YouTube I, channel I is YouTube. To Nick. I was like, got the songs uploaded. Uh, everything's going great. The only thing that can go wrong now is that Carlos is going to call us five minutes before the show and say, I just got bitten by a black widow. Okay, here we go. <laughs> We're back now. Because everything was going too well. Wait, hold on. Still a little frozen. Hold on. There we uh, go. Okay, you can do it. How about some uh, Miss Rockbilly? Go for it. All right. She's on my mind all day and a Saturday night. I want to dance real close. I want to hold her tight. I want my hands on her. I want her hands on me. I want lips to kiss me so tenderly.
tune. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love it. It's so upbeat. Thanks so much. That's one of our, uh, yeah, uh, uh, our, our good dance numbers. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish by I had the way, that, I would uh, dance. The YouTube channel yeah. is youtube.com uh, forward slash the roustabouts. All right, so everybody, please check out their videos. Joe, that's your homework. And you can, you can also uh, get it on our, our website, uh, thejerseyshowroustabouts.com. Good. Yeah. And you're also on Facebook, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Facebook.com uh, forward slash uh, Show Roustabouts. <laughs> okay, and Nick, Nick is Nick is looking at me because he's excited, because he actually loves okay. your book, and uh, he was like, "Now you got to get him to the dark side." <laughs> okay, first <laughs> of all, let me side. also say, uh, Carlos, if any of your band members want to call in, or else if anybody's listening, if they want to call in, we are taking callers. So all right, feel free Come to on, everybody, call in. Heard. Call in. Dr. Carlos. Dr. Carlos. Okay. Ask a question. Do something besides me. Oh, the number. This will be fun. Frenzy, you want to give out the number? uh, 646-929-2899. Again, that number is 646-929-2899 for all you uh, Facebook listeners, because that's where all of our listeners are coming from now. Not they don't they don't want to leave Facebook for some reason anymore. So again, six four six nine two nine two eight nine nine. We are taking your calls. So call in and say hi. Okay. Uh Joe, yeah. you had a question. Call in and tell embarrassing stories about me. Uh, he, there you go. Uh, uh, Embarrass him. Yeah. Uh well no. Uh I okay, uh so Carlos, besides being a musician, you're now a writer. So, how did that come about? Well, you know, I was an English major uh, back in uh, college. And like I said, I'm getting into my, I'm closing in on my sixth decade here. And I'm saying, my God, I've never completed a book. So, I started uh, coming up with a concept uh, uh, back in, uh, oh gosh, probably about 10 years ago, uh, where I was thinking of treating uh, the a vampire mythology as science fiction, uh, to make it as real as possible. And uh, it sort of, it went through a metamorphosis, I put it aside, and then I started writing it, and it became a much more personal type story. I believe that I created a new genre that is starting to hit uh, the media now. A good example is The Walking Dead, which treats uh, uh, the uh, zombie genre as a metaphor for how people uh, people uh, react in terms of crisis, and this uh, story uh, uh, treats uh, the vampire uh, genre as a uh, way of looking at how people react to loss and tragedy in in, in real life. If you notice in the story, it's almost like a bio. The lead character, Nikki, we follow him 
from his childhood all the way into what would be his senior years. And uh, so he doesn't become a vampire until uh, he's become a, a husband and a father. So throughout the, much of the book, it's really just a story of a, 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 a Puerto Rican salesman in New York that suffered major tragedy, found a solace in the love of his life, and then became victim to tragedy all over again. Oh, yes. Wow. There you go. So, you know, you can go ahead, Carlos. So, so it, it, you could almost say that half of the book is supernatural and half of the book is true-to-life drama. There we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and, it's and, you know, yes, it is. And you can make any story uh, feel so real and lifelike in stories or even in songs. You know, people, you know, I, I admit I'm a... Uh, Getting up there in the, uh, never mind, I won't go there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I remember those good old days of the Elvis Presley movies, as everyone else should uh, in those eras. And hey, so, again, yes, there were the cute, innocent style of the filmmakers during those days and putting in, you know, Tunes for Elvis to sing and you know make people happy. That's Joe, that's Joe Flynn speaking, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's B.I. Joe Flynn. Oh, I am, <laughs> but uh, I'm not the dead Joe Flynn from McHale's Navy, the guy you know who got picked on by ah, Ernest Borgnine ah, and uh, Jim Conway. Hey, we're talking about vampires here. You never know. Do you ever see Joe Flynn? Yeah, I know. They could be. They could be. For all we know, uh, I should duck and cover since it is nighttime. <laughs> but no. But that's the whole fun thing about the Elvis movies and the rock and roll era of music. And, you know, they're fun. And it's great that you guys are now doing your own music as well. So that you can, you know, say, hey, we just don't play like 50s rock music, but we also do our own original songs. So, here, you know. Thank you, Joe. You're so, welcome. Anyway, uh, so, uh, getting back to uh, uh, our novel, Sangre, the Color of Dying, uh, the result, the, the, the reactions to it have been phenomenal. Uh, if you take a look at the reviews on Amazon and uh, and uh, those who have read it, uh, they really see something special on it. Uh, one of the uh, excuse me, one of the uh, ones who read it is another Black Bed Sheet uh, author, which is uh, oh gosh, uh, Mr. Blackmore, uh, James Blackmore, and he. Right. Uh, and by the way, did you read his novel? Oh my goodness. Hmm. And yes, so I have not, but I know Nick has. Or yeah, he has. I mean, uh, is there nothing scarier than the thought of bugs crawling up your rear end, and that—I uh, will wow. tell you—that that, 
Thank you for name checking my uh, my novel Pete. Uh, obviously, Black Bedsheet Books um, creature novel. Um, but is is Carlos still there? Carlos, are you there? I am still here. Carlos, it is an honour to speak to you, sir. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed your book. It was one of the best reads I've had in a long, long time. And, and you know, I, I read a lot. Obviously, I think those writers do. Um, it certainly it, it brought to my mind very much. Um, somewhere across between The Godfather and Interview with the Vampire, obviously for obvious reasons. But I, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. Couldn't put it down. So thank, I, I thank, you, think, thank you for writing it. <laughs> and I thank you for reading it. And, uh, oh, I was hey, my pleasure. Say, and I was just about to say uh, about your, your comments there that uh, uh, that really does illustrate uh, the kind of feeling that I was going for. There is a very strong nostalgic feel because uh, the lead character, Nicky Negron, was uh, born in the early 1950s. So there's a big nostalgic part uh, where uh, you read about him growing up in the Bronx up until a tragedy strikes their family. And uh, when you talk about The Godfather, uh, that is kind of like the feeling that you get, I, I hope that the readers get, when they read that part of the story. Then when it goes into the supernatural, uh, yes, uh, you, you, uh, uh, a good comparison might be uh, interview with a vampire. Although I've got to be quite frank, uh, Nicky uh, Negron would eat Lestat alive. Yeah, I, I could see that, yes. <laughs> same thing with Barnabas Collins, same thing with those vampires yeah. of the true blood. Nicky Negron is not a yeah, yeah, I, I, I like I like the fact that it spanned almost three decades, you know, and it was obviously I'm not not going to give any spoilers away, but you know, the the almost the the normality of his life before the tragedy and before what happened happened to him, and the fact that even after that he tried to pull him, pull himself together, but um, really, you know, he fell foul of forces far greater than himself, which was. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I felt for the guy all the way through. I mean, he, he 
although he was a monster, you know, he he was he a monster with a conscience, which is incredibly rare. You know, I I really enjoyed that rather than just a, a mindless, <laughs> you know, mindless thing going around wreaking havoc. Um, you know, I, 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 you, you gave the guy a lot of heart, which was, was you know, really touching for me. But I, I think I, I, I said, I said in my, one of my comments that you know, I, I, I'm really, really pleased that um, that there's going to be a sequel. You know, I shall be, uh, I'll be first in the queue for that one. The funny thing is, I did, I really didn't plan on having a sequel to it. I, I, I wanted to move on to something else. But the readers have fallen so much in love with the lead character, Nicky Negron. They basically told me, no, no, you don't. <laughs> You're not leaving us with that ending. You know, if you have to write a sequel because of popular demand, then you're doing something right. <laughs> true. True, uh, true. Hey, uh, by the way, James, uh, great show on Wednesday. Uh, oh, thank with, you. Uh, Nicholas and uh, that James Patrick Ryan. So I just Have wanted to put that in. Have Thank you. Seen you. It was, funny as hell. It was fun. Oh, you see, you see my. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I was laughing my butt off. Excellent. Now I, I, I aim to play. You know, it's um, it's something. <laughs> it's a little side. I, 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 I but he's a stand-up comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of my uh, one of my uh, one of my talents, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something I, I do more for um, more for sort of um, light relief these days. <laughs> so, so right now on the air, you have an author, rock and roll singer, and an author stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah, we, you we, guys we should take do a double act. Totally on the road, you guys got a gig right there. I, you know, I would pay to see that show, definitely, yes. Some good, good old rock and roll right, music right. and some comedy. That's so good the merch table. <laughs> so, James, I hate to tell you, but you just opened up a can of worms. you got to give us one of your jokes. Oh, no, you can't put me on the spotlight. Not this time. Oh, you are on the spot, baby. We, we marked it. It is Excellent. nearly eleven o'clock at night. It's nearly eleven o'clock at night for me. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. My, I'll give the opening. Of, one of the openings to one of my acts is um, obviously you can tell I'm from uh, I'm from uh, England. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody? Yeah. I know anybody. Anybody <laughs> listening who don't know England, we we won second place in the American War of Independence. Yeah. Uh huh. There yeah. you go. <laughs> we. Uh, sorry, is that is that too soon? It was the runner-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, be, being being British, we, um, you know, it, it was more about the taking part for us than the winning. A bit like, uh, a bit like you guys in Vietnam. Yes. Yeah, you go. True. There yeah. you go. My uh, my father, <laughs> my father-in-law is um, he's big into That's war great. reenactment. He, he does war. He does Vietnam Vietnam War reenactments, and uh, one Sunday every month, him and his friends stand on an embassy roof and wait for a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, there you go. That was great. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really good. 
If, if you want, if you want to see hey, more, okay. Let me see if I can get all you guys to laugh at one time. Okay, Go this on. joke is so stupid that you have to laugh. Are you ready? Go on. There were two muffins in the oven, cooking, well, baking, and one of the muffins turns to the other one and says, "Damn, it is hot as hell in here." And the other muffin turns to the first muffin and says, "Holy crap, a talking muffin!" <laughs> Oh, well done. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't give up your day job if I were you. Well, look, if anybody wants to hear any more of my jokes, check out my website, which is uh, jameslongmore.com. Obviously, make sure you spell my name right, you know. Um, and there's, there's some of my, uh, there's a few of my stand-up routines on there. So anybody interested, uh, just just check it oh, out. Oh, I'm going to go check there's it out. There's stuff on there that I, I, I am not going to repeat on the air. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna totally check okay. this one out. Yeah, I am. Do. I am so, dead. Yes, and I where's totally our buddy now. Nick? Oh yeah, Nick. Nick does want to talk to. Uh, definitely oh, wants yeah. to talk to Carlos. One second. Yeah, hold on. I'm, uh, yeah, I, as usual, folks. I'm kind of working behind the scenes at Francine Friends, and I'm trying to get people to call in, especially some some people. I'm specifically trying to get in to talk to Carlos. Uh, hi, Carlos. <laughs> hey. By the way. Hey. <laughs> you guys are doing really good. Great conversation. Uh, you guys, Thank everybody you. that's listening out there, bye. Sangre, the color of dying. Um, it's, it's a great book. It's a very original vampire novel. Um, it's uh, it's great. This, this man, he's not only is he a musical genius, but he's coming out as a literary genius with this, his first novel, and there's more to come. So, you know, guys, it's fantastic. this guy's a phenomenal man. All you have to do is just look up, just do a Google search on, uh, on his book or uh, the New Jersey, the Jersey Shore Roustabouts. Um, you guys, if, if you, uh, on a side note, if you look up the name Carlos Colon, it's going to be half him and half wrestler. So he's not the wrestler one. He is the singer, um, writer one. So, yeah. I noticed that when I was looking it up. When I was trying to, yeah, when I was out before I published you, I was, I was doing some research, and, and, I, uh, and I came up this wrestler, and I'm going, wait, that's not, I don't believe that's him, <laughs> you know, early on. Anyway, yeah, Francie, I'm going to talk to you guys in just a second. Hi, James. Hi, how you doing? Hi, pretty good. We had a great show just this last week, didn't we? We did. You know, it was fantastic. I, I could have chatted you for for days. I mean, it was really good of you to come on the show. Thank you. Um, oh, you're welcome. I hope, we, I hope we had a great time too. It was just, you, 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 you know, you spin a really good yarn, sir. I have to say. <laughs> We need to and, get and for folks soon. listening, uh, uh, James H. Longmore, um, uh, together with Carlos Colon and a host of others, are uh, their books are part of our spring summer lineup. So check out Black Bedsheet Books at Downwarden, D O W N W A R D E N dot com slash Black Bedsheet. Uh, anyway, I'll be back in just a few, and I'll hand this show back over to Francie. And I'm going to try to get more colors and et cetera, being that I'm behind the scenes for a show. Hold on. Hold on. 
all the buttons. Hey, um, Watch out. Well, this isn't actually the first thing that you wrote. You actually won an award for a play that you wrote named uh, called Jerome. Thank you for asking that. I was always... Oh, and that was on the tip of my Nick, tongue all night, baby. Believe that. Nick, Nick was always asked before how I came about uh, writing uh, uh, what, what drove me to. I always had a desire to take a genre and bring something new into it. So when I was uh, writing a Jerome, I was a big fan of the spaghetti westerns, Clint Eastwood, those kinds. Westerns, and I took uh, a spaghetti western tale and I turned it into like a uh, political uh, conspiracy tale. So, in other words, taking something new and bringing it into something old, and that's what I wanted to do also with the color of dying sangre. I wanted to take something that uh, at this point everybody is feel that they've seen everything that they could possibly see about vampires. Well, I took it upon myself to say, no, you haven't. Now I have something new for you. And that's what Sangre is. It's something completely new. That's pretty freaking awesome. Um, now, I mean, I know that you graduated from, uh, what was it, you, you graduated, I've got to get my glasses on, you, you did, you graduated with creative writing, so, I mean, and was Jerome, yeah, you won honorable mention for the Jacob Hammer Memorial Prize in 1979. Yes, in other words, second place, the uh, play that beat me out was, uh, uh, about about a, a transgender uh, uh, person, which was ahead of his time. So hey, you know I I, I gotta give uh, <laughs> credit to that writer. But uh, uh, but my uh, story, uh, the uh, judge uh, was very very impressed by the fact that I took a uh, basically spaghetti western story and brought in this whole conspiracy cover up into it, and he had one question for me at the end after it was all done. I thought the question was going to be like, you know, at that, at that age, you're like, oh my goodness, I, I, he's going to publish me, or he's going to set me up with a play, or something like that, but his question was, why a Western? And the reason for it being a Western was, is I like to take something old and bring something new into it. Something where nice. you feel like every possible variation and say, wait, there's still one more that you haven't seen. Nice. Thank you. That, that's actually like a great answer. Yeah. You should have won. And, and that, I think so. <laughs> I think so. And actually, a, a lot of the audience, a lot of those who, uh, who uh, saw the a lot of those who saw the final decision as to who the winner was felt that I was robbed. I do oh, remember wow. that clearly, uh, and I do take uh, I, I, I I do take pride in that. But I'm hoping that uh, Nikki proves something uh, to those uh, who are looking at it and saying, "Oh, vampires! Oh, I, I, I vampires! I've seen all that." 
But Nicholas, who has read it, will tell you that there is so much more to this story than just vampires. Let's look back at George Romero. Let's look look back at uh, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, where he took Dawn of the Dead and turned it as an allegory for consumerism. If you're going to take a look, if you're going to take a look at a uh, closer look at Sangre the Color of Dying, you're going to find you're going to find that it is an allegory for uh, uh, adultery, remorse, divorce, uh, family uh, coping with loss. There is so much more than just fangs uh, 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 going into somebody's neck. Now, that being said. That being said, there is a lot of blood, there is a lot of gore, there is a lot of action. So uh, the readers who are looking for that will be satisfied on that end, but they will also find so much more. Right. Nice. And I agree with that all sentence and everything because, you know, if you look back, as you're imagining George Romero, and his work on Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, there's all part of a story there that is underneath it all. And it's not just like, oh, hey, look, it's people who are zombies. Let's shoot them in the head, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. That that hey, being hey, said. Yeah, that being said, there is plenty of action in Sangre, the color of dying, but I feel that those who are looking for that side of the story will be satisfied, and those who are looking for an adult drama will be pleasantly surprised by Sangre, the color of dying. Now, go ahead, Francie. Hey. I, I was just going to say, we had somebody in your area, uh, Carlos, that just, I was trying to pick him up. Um, we're going to call him back, because I got to... You're trying to pick him up? Aren't you engaged? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to keep my... I got to keep you my... Know, I would be very offended if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> so, guess what really? we're going to do? In case it's one of your <laughs> band members... We're going to call him back. Oh. Put him on. Put him that? on. He'll probably right, have I mean, embarrassing stories about me. See, that's what we want. All right, here <laughs> we go. I'm not going to say the phone number, but it is area code 732. That's the only digits I'm giving out. But we're going to tell him that we announced the digits throughout the show as we were calling them. All right, so seven three two eight six seven five three oh nine. Oh no, that's like the worst song ever. It gets stuck in my head like for days. Oh, oh yeah, no. I love the eight six. Wait, they're calling us back too. Let's see if they pick up first. Okay, uh, is not available. At the tone, 
Please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. All right, there you go, Carlos. That's no band member. That's my wife. What? Oh, crap. We just gave that phone number over, didn't we? Yes, we did. Wait a minute. Wait, we were talking, though. We were talking. It wasn't going over. Hello, we talked over the phone number, area code 732. You're going to kick our butt. You know... You, you you know if, uh, if if my wife starts getting all kinds of propositions over the telephone, I'm going to be very upset at you. <laughs> well, you know, here's the good thing is now that you know, Nick now knows that he's safe. That I wasn't trying to pick up on somebody else. <laughs> I'm enjoying the show a lot, by the way. Awesome interview. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we were talking over when it did say to leave a message. Oh. Well, so, what I want to know. You're the wife of Carlos. Yes, I Ladies, am. Ladies, he is not single. Which no, is, not for 36 I, I, years. What the fantasy? years. Whoa. <laughs> what is the secret? I don't know. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> You know, so, we've watched. I mean, a, how did um, you two meet? We met in college. I, I will say this. I, I, I will say this. That uh, my wife, who I've, I'm very proud to say that we've been married 36 years now. Okay, a lot Yay. of her, a, a lot of her qualities, I put in uh, the lead female character Stephanie in the book of Sangre. Which uh, oh nice I, yes a lot of her qualities now the lead female character in I put some qualities of her but she's really not much like my wife but I did put some qualities because in my opinion if I could fall in love with those qualities of my wife so could the reader. Well, yeah. 
Now, Veronica's well, character, right? Veronica's character. You want to hear it? The maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you are satisfied with your message, press 1 to listen to your message. Press 2 to erase and re record. Press 3. Uh, Hello? What in the world Right. You want are to you hear? still there? You have reached the maximum time yes. permitted for recording your message. If you are satisfied with your message, oh, press right. 1 to listen to your message. Press 2 to erase and re-record. Press 3. Oh, okay. that, we, we, wow, that's, we've been leaving you a message the whole time. Are you still there? You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you are satisfied with your message, press 1 to listen to your message. Press 2 to erase and re-record. Press 3. Hey, I'm going to hang up on that. I'm just so, going to hang up on that. Having trouble. Your message That's has your been sent. Spell. Goodbye. Okay, they hung up Hello? on us. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. Um. And I got to tell you. Uh. Go ahead and ask your Carlos this question. And we've got like several callers on right now, wait, waiting to talk. Okay. Go ahead and ask your hubby the question about your character. Hello? Is she still there? Yeah. Yep. Hey, Maria, okay. come on up here. All right, guys. That's <laughs> uh, okay. She's in the same house. I'll be right back. Pick up one of these nice. other, pick up one of the other uh, callers. Go ahead. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Okay. We do have Sue Dent on the phone. Hey, Sue. Sue, Nick said he picked him up. I stepped outside just for a breath. Nick. Yo. Who did you say was all on? Nick. Hey, Brett. Nick. Okay. Okay, we don't have Sue Den anymore. Oh, we don't? Oh, we don't have Sue Sorry, Sue. Okay, we do have Nick Terry on the phone. Hey, how y'all doing? Good, good. Very nice. Okay. That's so you're 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 uh, a black bed sheep author also. Oh yeah, I am. What book did you write? Nevermore. I wrote Nevermore and the book coming out is Love is the Silence for Special Children. <laughs> Very nice. nice. Oh yeah. Get your door away. Yeah, I got it. Can I one more time? All right, uh, Nick, since he's got uh, two of his black bed sheet books authors on, he wants to talk to the both of you. Oh yeah. yeah as a matter of fact, yeah. Now that we've got uh, that, uh, was Sue Den on, Francie? You told me she was. Oh, she was? She she was suit in. Uh, I, I, I was trying to bring her on. I think she's trying to contact me right now, too, because she writes right, about that. Call her back. But, uh, Nick, Nick. Yes. Uh, yes. It, Nevermore is a great book. Uh, welcome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's really cool to talk to you, too. You're also coming out with uh, Leave It's Asylum for Special Children. And oh, about, yeah. It's going to be published in about a month. <laughs> so really? probably uh, before August ends, it's going to be out. So really, so uh, 
Yeah, awesomeness, total awesomeness. Um, uh, Nick, um, I introduce you to Carlos Colon. Yeah, he's a a great uh, uh, vampire author uh, with his debut novel, uh, Angre. Who is that? Uh, No. This is uh, Joe and Nick and uh, other Nick and uh, Carlos. All right, two Nicks and one. Let the confusion begin. Yeah. Let the confusion begin. But, exactly. By the yeah. way, I have <laughs> Maria next to me now with her question. Yeah. Sure. Okay, never mind. Because you feel that like she's a tramp and very loose, but you don't. Why don't you hate her? And what is the secret of the chili? <laughs> okay, so did, did everybody hear the question? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I repeat okay. one more time. All right. So her question is, uh, she's asking about. Uh, one of the lead female characters in Sangre, as a woman, she says she wants to hate her because Veronica is kind of promiscuous. Uh, yeah. But you don't yeah. hate her. And I think the secret is, is that uh, I humanize her. Even though uh, she is uh, someone who is uh, kind of uh, kicked, put to get in, uh, in the sheets there, she, uh, there is something very real about her in her uh, caring for her children and her caring for people around her. And I think that's a secret to all, all kinds of writing is to make your people as real as possible. I agree. And, yeah. Well, yeah. definitely, yeah, make it as real as possible. You know, you know, guys, everybody, um, Nick and Joe and Carlos and, and, uh, uh, everybody that's listening, too, Francie too, who wrote Werewolf. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just you know, writing is an art form. It's it's just like anything else, and uh, the the more you work at it, the better you get. Kind of like lifting weights. I get like say all kinds of like you know comparisons, but um, it's it's just the more that you do, and and when you realize that. Um, you can construct sentences just right to convey exactly what you see in your head. It's a translation process from what you see in your head to what's written down on the paper. And, uh, you know, um, and us English-speaking people, we have to um, exactly put the words like we see it and then develop that art in a way that translates from our, our inner mind to what's on paper it's it's the key to everything when it comes to us writers it's the translation between what we see and how we can convey it onto paper to show it to the world exactly as we see it with our feelings and our emotions and everything and that's that's and like that's like putting a picture it's a literal thing someone who has read Nicholas's material I've read a couple of his stories. The great thing about it is, is that uh, since he makes 
his scenarios so real. You know, you think at some point, at this point, you feel like, you know, you, you can't be shocked anymore. Nicholas still finds a way to shock you. And that's what I found fascinating. And I think the key to that is by making the people as real as possible. Oh, well, well, thank you, uh, Carlos. Uh, yeah, you read Red, Red After... You're talking about um, Red Afterworld? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad that you saw that, too. I mean, you know, it's just... I mean, um, probably everybody else, besides, like, a few people that are listening, have read Red Afterworld. Unless it's, it's also in my uh, collection, Redwood Dirt. But the thing is... I mean, I've been doing it for so long. It's it's the practice makes perfect thing. It's like, and at some point, and like Nick, are you still yes. there? Nick, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, and Carlos, to both of you too. I mean, um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to really doing what you do, both of you are very exceptional at doing this kind of thing. You know, taking what you have in your head and expressing it in an artistic, articulative way on paper um, for for other people to experience what you experience when you see it in your head, um, and uh, uh, and uh, it's just it's something that uh, I I've tried to do. I've, I've done it successfully, but I ain't no Stephen King. But still, at the same time, I got my own little like corner of the world with 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 that kind of stuff, and you you guys are are on your way to doing that in a bag of chips, um, you know. Both of you too, uh, and any other writers listening to me also. You just you have to don't just stick with this one book, but in between books, write short stories and get them published, and try and make a name for yourselves with that too and then when those short stories get published in like say magazines online stuff then your name who 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 are you who who is carlos who is nick carey who who are these people student and stuff um uh it, it would say it at the end and then it would have a link to the book that you really want to market so it's it's a, well, yeah, it, there's uh, a lot more work you know, and uh, but you guys, you guys are geniuses in your own right. <laughs> Don't you know that? And this, and this is uh, Nick's book. Nick's second book is coming out, and this is Carlos's debut. And Carlos was after me for a little bit trying to publish this, and I'm so glad he was. So glad. I'm so glad for for all of you guys. And it, this this work is worth being paid attention to. So so Carlos. Um, uh, yes. Indeed, indeed. I wouldn't publish you guys. I would, like, send you a rejection letter like any other publisher, and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad that you guys are with us. But, um, yes. um, so, and, you know, Carlos, um, uh, you, uh, um, you know, you're, you've been a longtime musician, and uh, this is, like, uh, th- this is your first book, and here we are in 2016, and you've been doing music for so long, for so long. Um, have you, like, in the, let, let me take a point in time, like in the 70s or something, was there a writing bug back then that you wanted to tell stories, you wanted to do something, write something on paper back then, um, and, and it, it's been bugging you? Uh, are there, like, things that you've written way back deep 
that like like pulled on you to ultimately with all the music stuff make you want to do a turnabout and say hey i'm going to write this book and i'm going to sell it and i'm going to do the best i can what you see what i'm getting what uh, what where's the roots to that I've written several screenplays that uh, have uh, been uh, stuck in what you like to call uh, developmental. I've uh, worked with uh, actors who love what I've written and producers. And, I mean, you're out there in California, so you know how hard it is for these things to move forward. But, yes, there were many stories, but mainly screenplays that I have written that uh, never got to they uh, can see the light of day. Ah. I've even been flown out to California to meet a producer. Uh, and oh, you uh, have? Oh yeah. Uh, I uh, the producer uh, was a uh, I can't say his name. Uh, he was a uh, person who was in the mob. Uh, and he is considered the only person in the mob to have broken free from the mob without being killed. And uh, <laughs> and I was out there in L.A. I was out there in L.A. in a restaurant. We were seated at the window in a restaurant having breakfast together. And I'm saying to myself, I'm in the window with this guy. Uh, he had produced several movies. He asked me to write a screenplay for another one. And uh, he liked what I had written, wanted me to write more. But uh, that happened right around 9-11. And when 9-11 struck, all plans went haywire. Everything just went down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, well, you know, a lot of us and a lot of authors that I publish and a lot of people that I've met in the industry on and on, I mean, it's it's almost, well, it is actually uh, to the point of cliche where, you know, um, yeah. I, I've been writing screenplays and I almost got this and I almost did that stuff. And like I said on James Longmore's show, yeah, um, that, just Wednesday, who, who was just on show. about half an hour ago, uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, not, it's a, like a mountain to climb, you know, you can't let that stop you. I put in like $1.59 or whatever it was, so that's why, yeah, I'll bring it back to change. Is somebody ordering a big okay. backpack what, what was that, John? Uh, which one is I'll be right out front. What are you doing? What happened? I think somebody's ordering a big backpack there, right? Oh, I, I think there's there's an echo or something. Oh, Some kind head. of a... Yeah. Some, yeah, Joe. Scott. What? Yeah, a brand new credit card, and it's like... The joke is... Okay. And it's like, I went to double-check to see how much cash I had in there. Like, oh, yeah, I do have one. <laughs> That always happens on Francie and Friends, Carlos. (laughs) There's always something you would you believe that a couple of times somebody called in for a pizza order 
to the show. That's happened over yeah. seven, yeah, seven and a half years. I wonder if we still have that clip. Yeah, I'm done. Here it comes. No, Prince is going into playing a clip. As I told you, but hold on, I'm out. Hey, he's actually not lying. I actually stole. You want to, Carlos? Can you hear me? Yeah, there she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's actually not lying. We literally had somebody, and when I did their area code, I was like, "You're live," and he's like fighting with his girlfriend in the background. He's like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes. I would like to order some pizzas," and she's like, "Don't forget about the crazy Brad." <laughs> it actually happened. Yeah. It actually happened. It was so funny. Let me. You want to hear it? Let me see. Oh yeah, and Nick wanted me to let you know that David Lee Roth actually called in our show, uh, courtesy of David. Hey, David Lee Roth. Like, David Lee yeah. Roth. Well, I got it right here. You want to hear it? Sure. I want your music, my man. He's staying on our show, and the guest was Melanie Robles. She's like, holy. She never says she's so professional. I love Melanie Robles. She was actually our first guest that we've ever had on the show. And she was like, oh, and she's always professional. She's never very great independent horror actress, by the way. But um, she was the guest on the show, and she's like, so professional, and then when he hung up, she's like, holy fuck, did David Lee Roth just freaking call into the freaking show? <laughs> Listen, they didn't let us know who it was at first, but this is David Lee Madison with uh, David Lee Roth. Yeah, the two Davids hanging yeah. out. Here we go. Here we go. This was great. Uh, hey, guys, in honor of the Grammys, I have a, a rock and roll. Wait, sorry. Sorry. Uh, hey guys, in honor of the Grammys, I have a, a rock and roll legend, a rock and roll Hall of Famer here with me. Guy had a record come out last Tuesday. He sold over a hundred million records worldwide. You want me to see if I can get him on the line? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on. A second. Hold on. Yeah, please. Congrats to whomever that is. Diamond, you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, so uh, Melody, you're gonna be playing oh, hold on, John Philbin when you're out there? Hold on. I don't know. I mean. I don't think he appreciate me discussing his personal life either, but hopefully. Yeah. I mean, he it's lives like, in my sister's neighborhood. I have yet to visit my sister, but they, they actually are practically neighbors. Oh, very cool. Wait, wait, I think we got a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer coming in. Okay. I, he, awesome. he, he's willing to sing for us, but I don't think he wants to talk. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is it going on? He wants us to do the chorus. I think we'll know his voice. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand him the fold. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I live my life like there's no tomorrow. All I've got, I have still. Least I don't need to Good night, everybody. 
I mean, it's always the guests. It's not about us. So people tune in for the guests. And we are number two. I got the ratings in. So thank you, Carlos. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of people tuning in tonight. If if it doesn't show up in the chat room, guess what? There's a lot. We're on iTunes. We're everywhere. So. <laughs> well, I hope that translates into book sales. Yes. Buy your books and nickel, uh, next books. Oh, and you know when when um Nick was talking to you guys about writing and all that, you know that's like. Before I even got to California and before Nick and I was even talking about any kind of relationship, it was professional. And uh, I was telling him about my book, and he was like, paint a picture. Paint a picture in your head. You're an artist. Paint the picture in your head and put it in the book. You know, he gave me the same advice, you know. And it's like, how do you do that? And he goes, practice, practice, practice. You know, and he's absolutely right. Only write what you know. Like you were saying, you know, the heartache that uh, your character faced when the girlfriend died. You know, you wrote how you would feel if you lost your wife. Eat the yellow wits of green and then it'll be sweet and sour. Yeah. Watch out, spoilers, Frankie. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. No spoilers allowed. Unless I decide to spoil Yeah, please, no spoiler alert. Yeah, no spoiler alert. So, yeah, definitely congratulations, Carlos. We're about to go off the air live, which means that we get to have an after party. Which means that we get to say what we want. And I will, yeah, and I will also see this, Carlos. um, I am here, don't worry. All right. And I will say this, Carlos and Nick, you know, I'm with Nick every day. (laughs) Of course I am. And he gets a lot of submissions. Either they're coming through mail or email, they're submissions, submissions. And Nick's like, oh, i got to read all these. And, you know, he turns down a lot. He really does. Most of them. (laughs) Most of them. But so there's, there's literally about about I'd say about four or five submissions a day, and I I sat myself down, and I looked at it and I thought, well, four or five a day, four or five times 365 days in a year, and I'm going, wow, that's that's really <laughs> and and when I have time to, it's like it's it's a, uh, it's like doing taxes almost for me. It's like I'd rather not do it. But um, yeah. it's juicier because I get to look through things. But it's so much work. It's so much it work. Is, it is. And so many. It's like, how can I possibly? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for him to actually, like, look at something and he's going to go, I want this. I want this book. I'm going to do what I can do to get this book. And, you know, I just I just thought I'd let you guys know. Nick and... Carlos, you know, he gets them every day. Either they're coming through mail, they're coming through email, and he turns down a lot of them. And, you know, he handpicked you. He read it, and he's like, what it? Thank you. 
So, yeah, I just thought I'd let you guys know. He he does a lot of work, like, every day. And, you know, a lot of times he can't be there, you know, hey, I need an answer now. And he's like, well, I got 40 things, to, you know. But he does work hard for you guys, and he will work hard for you guys, 100%. And if he picks you, it's because he believes in you. Uh, thanks, well, Nick. Be published by Black Sheep Books. Uh, Francie, I encourage you to read because I think when you do, you will find something very special. Oh, hold up, hold up, folks. Uh, Francie's talking at the same time in one year. Okay, okay, start. Uh, I, said, I said I'm very honored to be published by Black Sheep Books. And Francie, when you read it, I think you're going to find something very special. Uh, all right. And, yeah, My definitely. Turn. She's going to find something very special. She's got to read a lot more too. <laughs> Actually, I do too. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I I confess I don't because of Black Bedsheet Books. All I read are submissions and um, and the books that I publish. I don't really actually anymore lately go out to a bookstore oh, yeah. and look at the bookshelves and like say, hey, I'm going to buy this. And so I don't do that. I don't have time. I used to do reviews, too, for books. Uh, and I used to consume them and do reviews. If you look at downwarden.com, um, on my portion of the site, there's a, there's a section of like um, oh, uh, 20, 25, 20, uh, something like that pages of book reviews. And, uh, but the thing is, though, I'm, I'm trying to set aside some time to do that again. And I'm even building a small little portion on the outside of my house called a reading room. It used to be a tent that I could actually sit in and spend like maybe an hour a day or two and just sit and read other people's stuff that have nothing to do with black bedsheet books that I could just read and review. Every book that I read, I would review. And just I, I always used to do that, too, so I can remember the book better. I write a review so I can write it. I could remember it better. That way, 10 years from now, I can remember that based on the review, and I could go, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, you know. But, um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know Francie's saying, Francie, Francie's telling me, Nick, I'm reminding yeah. you that the subject is they were thanking you for publishing <laughs> Oh, that I am, she said. But I mean, you guys, you guys are great. Every black bedsheet book author, uh, in my eyes, is something that if I would go to a bookstore and I was looking for something I never heard of before, I would pick that out. And as a publisher, it's my responsibility to purvey that to a potential reader that this is the kind of book that you want to read. You know, from the cover. From I mean advertising to everything about the book itself. When you I mean you don't look at advertising when you go into a Barnes and Noble and just hey I'm going to get a cup of coffee I'm going to look around the magazines oh there's the horror section um, and the fantasy section the science fiction uh, let's see you know so yeah. I, you know I kind of look at that too that there's no to no advertising really involved in just walking into a bookstore and being drawn to a section that you're familiar with and looking and then going, oh, Stephen King, Stephen King, Dean, Dean Koontz, Robert McKinnon. Oh, this is new. Oh, what's this? A Carlos Cohen? Oh, look, look at that. Look at that. 
<laughs> I mean, that's um, that's what you'd expect people to do in a bookstore, and with that much competition, with all these millions of titles in your store, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I'm trying to try to get a lot of a lot more Black Betsy stuff up at the counter, like small little displays, things like that too. But uh, bookstores are very very hard to. Uh, to, to deal with literal bookstores, it's so easy online. Um, but uh, I, every single author of mine, if I had a raise of hands, I bet you, people would, all the authors would want me to uh, um, to actually make them their their physical books uh, a sensation in the stores. They could do book signings. They could do all the physical stuff versus the e-books versus the online stuff. The physicality of being, uh, uh, of uh, you know, there's a recognition involved in that too. Actually, presenting, you know, signing a book in front of somebody and giving it to them. Uh, that's that's what I'm all about too. I I still I now I know how to do the e-book thing and that's fine and dandy. But I'm still old school, and I like that. And I bet you no author would disagree with me about the the magic that that that, that is involved with handing your own book to somebody and signing it to them. I mean, you know, anyway. Yes. Well, no, it's fun to do that. I have uh, uh, several uh, book signings uh, planned. So I recommend that uh, anyone who wants to come meet me and uh, and talk about the book and have a signed copy, uh, go on our website, uh, which is sangrethenovel.com. That's S-A-N-G-R-E-T-H-E-N-O-E-E-L.com. And you will be updated on my appearances where I will be signing copies of the book. There you go. And that was going to be fantastic, too. Hi. Yeah, indubitably. And we got to get some book signings for you, Nick. You're still there? Way ahead of you, actually. I, my, there's a bookstore here in Salt Lake, actually a couple of them, that are indie bookstores, and they take on a lot of authors, and a lot of new authors, <clears throat> excuse me. So I've already prearranged with them that once Levitt's Asylum comes out, they're going to do his miniature book signing. Which means all my friends and family. Awesome, and, and let's incorporate Nevermore with that too. Oh, I will. You know, you know, Nick. Uh, uh, just yeah. just for a second or two, uh, you're yeah. one of the authors that, uh, um, when I publish them, I don't hear too much from them, and you know, time goes on and things, and I, you know, I mean, you know, this and that and the other thing. Um, I. Get closer to me, and, and uh, uh, like, Facebook is a great, like, tool for that, too. And uh, I, I dig all the stuff that we're doing, and we're going to promote you to the hilt and stuff. Uh, oh, and, and just I And I noticed that your, your Facebook account uh, just kind of came alive the last four or five months or so. Um, yeah. or, or recently, and I started seeing images of actually you. You, you know, what's the thing with the big cat and the hat top hat? You like to wear that. Uh, what, well, that was actually a really, that was a really interesting day. Um, have you ever had one of those days where you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, "Wait a minute, I can't take a picture like this." So yeah, I you're that. reluctant to take pictures of yourself. I noticed too. 
I'm very bow shy. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't be. Don't be. You're an author now. So you have to, like, uh, uh, put yourself up there and promote yourself and be proud of everything that you oh, are. Now, recently, yes, indeed my, you do. Oh, yeah. Now, recently, one of my friends, uh, we had this little thing going on where, well, I was at his house, and I realized, hey, wait a minute. He doesn't look at his family picture, so I would take a little uh, black sticky note or a black piece of paper and just stick it over his face, right? And I got about halfway through before he, with the family pictures before he realized it, and so he decided to prank on me and do it. And I once left my Facebook off, and so he decided to black out my face on all the pictures. There you go. I'm impressed. Hey, hey, Nick, being that uh, that both you and Carlos uh, are on the show, you guys got to hook up on Facebook, like each other's stuff, stuff like that, you know. And, and all, I, I encourage all Black Bedsheet authors to do that, too. Uh, some take the time, some don't. Intermingle. And everything. Yeah. But, um, anyway, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one cool thing about Black Bedsheet books, which, um, like Matthew Ewald and everybody else has said, is that Black Bedsheet books isn't just a publishing company. The authors it's are fifth. family. They stick together. They stick together. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, and, you know, that's what, you know, I get, like, a lot of Black Betsy books authors on here. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) No, and, you know, it's even with with me, you know. it's, It's a family. It's not just, oh, I'm out for my book. No. I want to help this author promote their book. It's not a one-man game. It's a family game. Oh, and this just chaps my hide. I just have to say this, too. But, uh, Carlos, I talked to you. Um, the last time I talked to you on the phone, too, I kind of mentioned this, too, is uh, review each other's books. Yeah. For Pete's sake, it's yeah. free. Yeah. Basically, because, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, every author – that is under me can get each other's books for free. Uh, not not the physical copies. <laughs> I mean, maybe sometimes if you guys want to exchange that. I mean, but ebooks are just they have no cost, zero cost. Uh, if you guys exchange that, exchanged your books with each other and reviewed them on. Amazon, on the other ones, on some have. I mean, over the years, but it's just, it's not. You know, it's not um, the vision that I thought it would be with everybody doing it. At least, if ninety percent of you guys have reviewed each other's books and kind of paid attention to it, each other, uh, you know, it, it would be uh, uh, this this uh, this whole business that I've been like busting my ass trying to do. Um, will uh, will reach beyond the stars. Um, it's I can only do so much myself, but I'm going to do that until the day I die, and I've sworn to that. Carlos. Um, and uh, I, I it's it's up to you guys um, as a totality, as a you know you know not just one or two or a couple. And I appreciate what one or two a couple have done, but I, I mean. God knows. I mean, we can really rock 
um, the world with our books and expand and do so much if everybody got together, kind of joined hands, you know, I mean, and and supported each other under this umbrella called Black Bedsheet. You can count on me, Nick. I'll do it. James Long, Moore and I have done that, and I really enjoyed his book. So uh, we have done that, and we look forward to doing that with more authors. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to keep publishing more new people. I'm going to keep publishing more of the stuff that uh, from authors I've published before because every single author I sign to, I'm committed to, uh, to taking them further. And, and just, like, uh, just, like, just like Nick's second book with me, um, he didn't have to go through a long process. Well, it's a long process to actually make it a reality. But, I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I accept it. And I don't really care. Sometimes I don't quite even care of the quality of it. If it's not up to par and you're a black bedsheet author, I will work with you to make it something. I also encourage you to look at other publishers, too. Um, um, just, you know, I mean, uh, and that's where I was talking about before about short stories and so forth and stuff. Uh, like magazines, like like just do a short story or like Carlos, do a do a offshoot of what Nikki would be doing on a certain day after the book in between the book that you have and the sequel, like something. In, and uh, I will help you try to put it in a magazine to, to gain attention. And Nick, too, just, you know, uh, if you have – all you have to do is just have the product, a short story. And I will I help know. you put it in a magazine and, and, and take care of that and just get published in between books and stuff. That, that I mean, you guys don't even know how valuable that could be in career. In your career, don't wait in, in between books. Keep on writing. Keep on writing. If you want to make a living writing, keep on writing in between books, too. Oh, don't worry, Nick. I'm way heavy on that one. You, all right, you guys got to hear this, so. I'm in Salt Lake right now, right? That's where I'm going to school and all that. So Yes. I found out that a very infamous man actually went to University of Utah. You guys know him only as Ted Bundy. And ah. one of my teachers actually went on a date with him. Really? Nice. Went on a date with the Ted Bundy. Like, you know, I am Ted type deal, right? And told me this entire story and I and I changed it enough so that I could be fiction. But she but she was telling me the story, she said, Yeah, I was studying law in seventy three and that's when he was there. So he comes by, asks her out on a date, and actually took her to his house. The the house where he did all the murders. She almost yeah. got killed. Ooh. And oh, wow. It's even better. She actually told me this is the address, and you can go visit the ruins. It is weird. It is so uh, cool. You know what you got to do is you got to go over there, take some photos, and and share them. Like, yeah. go, uh, let us see them, like, on, on Facebook. 
and stuff. Oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> I hate to condone Facebook. All that. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? With me as being a publisher, dealing with so many people, Facebook happens to be the the social network of right now where I can communicate with everybody at once and not have to do it like the old times with email one at a time you have to or you know simultaneously mass email every, i mean facebook is probably the best way for me to communicate with everybody but you got to yeah yeah let us see that I oh don't worry that it is so weird because this house isn't there the foundation is the cellar where you kept the girls are it's still up there. It's like covered in all this type of graffiti. There's a bunch of crap in there, like actual crap. Like you can find shopping bags from Smiths there, right? But it's no. so weird. Oh, wow. you know because you go in there and you feel like watched. That was that the ruins is actually one of the inspirations for the beginning to Levitt's Asylum. Ah. Oh. The thing, the thing interesting, you interesting. Like, oh, where is it? Yeah. You know, um, um, I'm going there that, soon that's, again. We all got to, like, somehow get together and stuff, all of our authors, and just, like, have, a, like, a big fiesta somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> at, at some spooky place. At some spooky place. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I oh, hold on, Francis. I I have Babette Bombshell, wonderful person. I love Babette. Uh, yeah. She's into like serial killers and the freaky stuff. Oh, I should link you up with Babette Bombshell. Uh, I would Dahmer. love that. Oh, I got a clip. I got a clip. Oh, no clips. We don't have that much time. It's uh, the oh, okay. last part of the show. Yeah, she was but like she friends. She was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. She was at the gay what? strip club that Jeffrey Dahmer always went to. Yeah. Where he picked up his victims. <laughs> and Holy she God. was like, she read on, she seen on the news. It's like uh, he was a serial killer, and she's like, holy crap, I totally teabagged him last and night. Carlos, has he seen any, like, really? Freaky stuff at any of his shows. Carlos. Oh, yeah. What is the most yeah. freakiest thing you've ever seen at any one of your shows? We saw a very lovely woman with who was very buxom. Buxom? <laughs> how do you say it? Uh, who was dancing very uh, vividly with the manliest hands you've ever seen. We have those. We have uh, cross-dressers in our... uh, uh, There's no secret of that one, Liz. Was there an Adam's apple? (laughs) But we encourage you. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone has a good time. You guys want to I want to send you a copy of Werewolf, and I want you to read it. Nick, I want to send you a copy of Werewolf, and I want you guys to read it. Done. I'm already through my my summer reading list. I need my fall reading list. I've already passed by my summer reading list. I've 
I've read so much this summer. It's just like I, I'll take anything. I've actually been browsing through the library, picking up a random book. I, I actually found a book the other day which was so horribly written. I, I sat there thinking, wait a minute, a major publisher published this? What the heck? <laughs> Wasn't me. Joe was like, not me. I didn't write that. No, you don't know. Uh, it wasn't called Werewolf, was it, right? No, no, no. It was it like one of those stories that has, like, no, it was one of those stories that has, like, Fabio on the cover. It's just like, and Fabio with the long hair. You know? Oh, oh Fabio. Oh, I never found him attractive. Like, I wish I had a woman on the show, too, and she would probably say the same thing. Nope, not attractive. Not my bag of teeth. Now, when his hair is longer than mine, no, no, let me take that back. When his friend, when his friend, his hair, excuse me, is longer than a girl's hair, that's when I usually look at him and go, okay, that's not sexy. That's horrifying. Exactly. And, you know, I'm I'm sitting here, and when remember when he was on the roller coaster and the pigeon hit him in the face and it broke his nose? I felt bad yeah. for the pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? He was, like, trying out the roller coaster, and when he went down the hill, he hit the pigeon with his face, and it broke his nose. I was like, I don't care about Fabio. I'm more concerned about the pigeon. Well, yeah. Yes. Carlos, (laughs) I I have a question for you. Uh, oh. What are some of your favorite artists uh, in the oh, musical genre? I uh, once had the pleasure of attending an Alice Cooper concert right. sitting next to sitting next right. to Joey Ramone. Right. Alice Cooper. Was, All right, yeah. we got yeah, five minutes good. left before this British woman says your show has ended. So, Carlos, That's give true. all your websites, and Nick also give yours. Okay, sangredenavo.com and also the jerseyshowrastabout.com. Guys, mine's just Facebook, Nick Carey, N-I-K-K-E-R-R-Y. I'm trying to get an author's website, but then I realized, hey, wait a minute, school. Oh, crap. But You, you yeah. do have one on Black Betsy Books. I do? All right. Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, every but <laughs> Nick, yeah, uh, go on downwarden.com slash black bedsheet and look under, click under authors, at click on your name and you've got a, you've got a little like a page right there, not a website trans, but a page. You've got a page and then uh, you can click on the uh, when you go to the page you click on it and you could go to the digital version of the. Did you know that? I do now. Okay, groovy. Okay. See how Nick takes it. I mean, you. every author that I publish, they're they're on my website, you know, oh, and they they have a page. He's so <laughs> Promote it. People can buy. Um, at Nevermore, never Nevermore on your. Yeah. Nevermore. Yeah. It's also you guys' books, both of your books are on Google Plus, Google Books, um, Smashwords, uh, Kobo, um, my site, uh, Nook, 
uh, Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon, Kindle, uh, can go on any place that I can possibly distribute. It's there. So, at, at, just do a Google search. You know, both of you also. Um, your reputation goes as far as a Google search or any of the big search engines. Um, and once a week, uh, just check on how you're doing by doing a Google search of your name or your book. Yes. And uh, and week by week, I mean, it's uh, hopefully it's going to grow. But you oh, guys have got CIS. like um, yes, yes. Yeah. Holy yeah. Yeah. If you have any questions, just contact me, though. But anyway, Carlos. Carlos. Yes. Yes, I'm so glad that we did this show. So glad. People are going to be listening to the show all throughout the week, so that doesn't mean we can't stop promoting it. And uh, and your book is awesome. Your book is awesome, and people deserve to read it. And people better read it. It's a great vampire novel. So I mean, uh, you know, it 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 has a, a different flavor than other vampire novels. I think you know, it's funny because I kind of maybe I might incorporate this in some of the advertising. But Francie kind of put it best, uh, um, I think, towards the beginning of the show. The cross between uh, the Godfather. And inter- oh no, who said that? Godfather and inter- that was Carlos. interview with oh no, oh, Carlos himself. Oh, it was Carlos. Well, you know, we gotta yeah. actually put that in the <laughs> some of the advertising. Uh, for a second, it was James between Godfather and interview. It was James Blackmore that said that. Okay, okay, that okay, that there's the mystery solved. All right, because I, I when I was throughout the course of the show. It, I, I well, thank you, James. I'll I'll hit him up and I'll say thank you. Hey, yeah, Exactamundo. Yes, and he read it. You can put that on the new covers. Uh, what? You can put that on the new covers. Yes. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. uh, God cross between a little bit of the Godfather and a little bit of uh, interview of the Vampire. Yeah. I, I kind of like. That. A lot too, but that's that's um, it. It doesn't really touch the essence of what Sangre is about uh, overall. But it that's well, a good flavor. I, I if you want to do that, I would say more like uh, yes, it's also throw in Taxi Driver or uh, <laughs> Let's just say it's a. Uh, let's just have Martin Scorsese do the movie version of Sangre. Let's just contact Martin and have him direct it. <laughs> I think you would be perfect. Nobody does New York like Martin Scorsese. Yeah. And, you know, those who are listening, that's that's pretty much the essence of the book. Is it's It, it, it could be a great Scorsese movie. And, it's, it, and, and you know, from what I've known about Carlos so far, he incorporates a lot of his life into the character of Nikki in this book, too. And you do. You incorporate a lot of the dark side of your life in that and your experience, and you tell a great story about a vampire that lives where you live. You could see the flavor of who you are as a person in this book. The only difference is that I'm still alive. 
<laughs> that you're still a, well. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost like Carlos being a vampire himself, with a lot of swear words. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And, and everybody that's listening to, don't you all forget that not only is he an author with this book that you've got to read, but listen to his music. The Roustabouts have been around for a good amount of time. They've developed their sound. They've got a rich, rich, uh, I mean, I I cannot tell you enough. And it's really funny for me being a publisher from the people that, that, uh, that send books to me and things. Uh, uh, their walks of life and what they do f- for a living outside of writing, and and Carlos is really unique because he's got this cool band. I've got a few other uh, other authors that have like great bands like uh, Shanalee McCutcheon Bell um, in uh, Great Britain. She I've heard her music. She rocks. And you mm-hmm. know Carlos. I mean, this guy has been doing music all of his life. And uh, it, and it's great. It's great stuff. I mean, it's. I mean, if you like rockability, it, I was trying to tell Francie too that the names have changed over the years from because what Carlos does with his band um, was called rockability, rockabilly in the '80s, but it's really retro rock and roll. Um, and uh, a lot of um, other bands have done kind of the same thing. But what, what what the Roustabouts does, they do it with perfection. And I, you know, one of the things I would love to do if I just had a little more money, a little opportunity, get out of my, like, little eggshell here in Sacramento is go and see a, a Roustabouts concert. That's uh, one thing I really want to do. Uh, I want to see you guys perform. Uh, I mean, I've seen you guys on YouTube, and believe me, folks, they are phenomenal. Um, the the music that they do uh, is is uh, uh, is pretty much um, like yeah, Joe. You know, I, I sent you something and and uh, I gotta say, I gotta say, it's oh, Francie's like. Uh, can I say one thing real quick? Jersey oh. love song is one of my favorite songs right now, and that was oh, performed by Carlos. I I cannot wait to finish listening to it after this show. Thank you. Thank it's you very much. On Netflix, on pause, and I'm going to on, listen on uh, on YouTube. YouTube, on pause, and Jersey Love Song. Oh my gosh, I'm already hooked, and I've only heard the first verse, and I'm going to rewind it and listen to it. It's seriously, Nick. Yeah, yeah, you know. Guys, Carlos has a, a a wonderful voice, and he's a great front man. And um, he's uh, he's somebody that you got to pay attention to, not just with the book, but with the music as well. That's that, what I, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the Roustabouts, Carlos. I'm a fan of the Roustabouts. I'm also a fan of your book, so it's up to me as a publisher to help you promote it and do whatever I can. But on the other hand, too, I have an author that has this band that's really cool that I wish it wasn't clear across across the country. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I really salute you. When I when I accept an author, I do a lot of research on them, and I was blown away with a lot of the stuff. When you were trying to hit me up with the book, 
uh, early on. I, I really just took you as as you and your book. And it wasn't until I started doing the research on what you've done with your life, it made me pay more attention, too, because it's not just about the book. It's about the inspiration. It's about um, everything behind who you are as an author. And it tells me that uh, you're capable of uh, – that your personality, that people know you, you're capable of promotion, you're capable of doing something besides staying in, in, in a closet. And I publish your book, and we make, like, what, $2? <laughs> you know? I mean, and I, I think you're phenomenal. I think um, as far as uh, uh, most of the authors that have published, uh, you're in the 30% of people that have accomplished things in their life that are noteworthy for the world outside of just publishing a book. Yeah. Well, let's hope that, uh, let's hope Mr. Christopher says he's listening. Yeah. Let's hope he is. Yeah. <laughs> let's we, hope he is. Or, or somebody worthy of putting it into a movie, like the right movie form. And hey, if I, know I, if I, I would be, I would live in a mansion right now. Follow my authors had, had, had great movie deals. But I'm working and I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I also, in our contracts, I kind of act as an agent. So whenever there's like um, something that fish tags me, or I fish tag them, as far as like going fishing for people, um, I've got my ear out and I've just actually I, I just joined this place. Um, I forgot what it's called. But it is a place for people like me that have um, properties for for making movies. I, I was going to say Hollywood, but that's just a part of the whole movie making scene in the world. Um, so, uh, and uh, Sangre is going to be one of them, um, actually. Uh, they limit me unless I pay a lot more money. They limit me to five to promote to producers. Um, and uh, I've been working on Sangre as one of them. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But the other four I don't want to say right now, though, because I don't like to really put that stuff out until something happens. I really, really hate to um, say things before something happens, but but well, I do have that going on. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Well, thank Nick, you for that. I yeah. think Nikki has, has the uh, capability of cap, uh, capturing the imagination of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Indeed we do. Indeed we do. Yeah. Um, and don't forget to promote Sangre at your concerts. Yeah. And I'm going to work with you on, on uh, doing advertising and stuff for that. And, uh, like, from week to week, if I if I make a little bit over – the money that pays the bills and stuff. Um, I, I have sent posters and advertising stuff to authors. So, uh, you know, I mean, so, you know, I mean, look out for something like that too. But I, I mean, uh, trying to listen to Francie at the same time. Anyway, anyway, uh, and that yeah. cat is outside and I have to get our cat. Francie, here, uh, your show is about to end. I'll get I'll get a cat. Uh, Carlos, thank you. Thanks, man. Nick, 
Thank you. If you're still there. Oh, yeah. You. And, and oh, Joe you. Flynn, throughout the course yep. of the entire show, even though you're, mm-hmm. you're Francis' co-host, um, our guests don't know who you are. Joe oh, is oh, um, okay. a... Uh, um, he has his own he's like the Wayne's world of San Jose with horror. He has an actual cable show, not just an online YouTube show, but an actual cable show um in San Jose here on the coast. Um that's hey. devoted to horror. That's how we met too. In like two thousand three. Yeah. Uh I was at Fangoria down in Southern California and he his crew, his camera crew, approached my table and asked me about my book The Everborn that I came out with and talked about Halloween 4 and some of the other stuff that I did and that's how we first met and we've had this like great relationship since about 2003 so check out Joe yeah. Flynn's show look at uh, go on Facebook and look uh, just type in Joe Flynn and he's not the Joe Flynn that was uh, in the 60s on uh, McHale's Navy <laughs> he's that's Joe right. Flynn, just Joe Flynn show, and you'll catch him. But he's, like, really uh, great if you guys didn't know that. Yeah. He's, that's how we, we met because of, of of one of the things I did, and he's he's fantastic. Hey, yep. He's a great guy. He's got to Thank check you, out Nick. the show. Anyway, Francie. I tell hey, you, Joe, you we have to ramble on a lot, oh, don't yeah. I? Great. <laughs> Here we go. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, I love that guy. Go now ahead, needs go cat. He's not making out with the lamp anymore. All right, I think we need to end. Uh, Smokey's outside, not inside, Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's oh, okay. He's gone. Okay. Go ahead, Francie. All right, so we've got one more Carlos song to play us out. New Jersey, Thanks, guys. Right. Definitely. This has been a great show. I hope you guys feel the same way, too. I, I certainly got the love. Oh, good. And, uh, Nick, uh, we would like to get you on the show, too, and maybe uh, Carlos, if you would like to come on the show and help us uh, host the Nick show, we would love to have you on. Anytime, any place, please. I would love this. Uh, oh, nice. So, okay. you had a good time. Oh, I love this. Oh, well, nice. It's easy. It's easy. We don't ask too many hard questions. Uh, you know, yeah, we're missing we, a couple we're, other we're people. <laughs> you know, Don Porter and Tom Sawyer, another author. Uh, and hopefully they'll call back once uh, we start rolling with more shows. So, John, I hope you're feeling good. I need to show back. We built a little empire, and, you know, every time we go on, you know, Carlos, uh, you built us back up, and I just want to say thank you, and I want to say thanks to Nick, and I want... And I also want to say thanks to James because, you know, this is this is a little community and everybody pulled together. And uh, hey, how about if we play Hey Boss for the closing you song? Because that's the song I wanted to play as the opening song, Hey Boss. <laughs> okay, enjoy it. 
All right. All right. I just to tell you, Carlos, you were more better than what I expect. I mean, I expected a lot because you and I, we've talked on the phone, and I felt the energy. I was like, this is going to be a good show. And then Nick got gout, and he got sick, and I was like, Nick, you know, because you and I, we said Nick's going to make the show page because – and he couldn't make it because he got sick, and I appreciate you coming on. And you thought the show was earlier, and you're on the East Coast time, and I'm still keeping you awake. Yeah, not really. I'm in Utah. Yeah. And you're in Utah. Oh, I'm sorry, Carlos. You're in. You're on the East Coast. Oh, he's, Nick, he's three hours ahead of us. Yes. Yeah. Is probably like saying, get to bed now. So we're going to play this closing song called Hey Boss. Can't beat this song. I love it, Carlos. You guys are great. I'm going to give you guys a copy of the Werewolf. I will. Only if you promise to beat it. I'll buy werewolf. All right. I'll, I'm going to send you a copy. Here we go. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. I need some money. Some money now to take me home. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. I need some money. Because I don't want to be alone.
Hey, boss. Hey, boss. I need some money. Now I gotta pay the rent.